the Houston Texans has a lot of question marks surrounding that quarterback position. What's going to happen if Davis Mills goes down or he doesn't perform well? And the future of the franchise with Deshaun Watson and how will they attack the quarterback position moving forward? But first, welcome to the Locked On Texans podcast. Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. The only place, sorry, the only place to score a once in a lifetime experience for a Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Super excited for today's show. I'm John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. We have to talk to Houston, Texas. I cannot wait to do that. The quarterback position itself, Davis Mills, Deshaun Watson, but first, Cody, if Davis Mills gets injured on Sunday or in any part of the last five games, or if he does not play well in the last five games of the year, what does Houston do? Do they move Jeff Driscoll and kind of cancel his tight end dream, uh, move him back to the quarterback position if they need somebody else to serve him as a backup? Because Titus Howard, who's been moved around a lot from right tackle to left guard to left, left tackle, which, by the way, Titus Howard has had two back-to-back weeks with high PFF grades and great performances. But do they move him back to the quarterback position? As you guys may or may not know, he played quarterback in high school. What does Houston do moving forward if things do not work out with Davis Mills or if he gets injured as well? Because right now, Tyrod Taylor, uh, he did have a ligament damage to, um, what is his right leg? His he left wrist. His le- I'm sorry, his left <laughs> wrist. I'm sorry. So he will be out. For the remainder of the year, I'm guessing he won't play. Davis Mills is QB1. What does the future entail for Houston Texans so far for the season? Well, I'm not really worried about whether or not Davis Mills go out there and stank up the joint because that is actually what I what I want to see. What I mean by that is I want to see whether or not Davis Mills is the answer at quarterback for the Houston Texans moving forward. And if he goes out there and stank up the joint in these final five games, then that would give the Houston Texans a clear indication that they can actually move on from Davis Mills because now you're looking at a sample size of 11 games and whether or not he is your quarterback for the future. However, John, on the flip side of things, the one thing that I'm looking at for in in terms of who is going to be the backup quarterback for this organization is if Davis Mills go out there and get hurt. And let me be and let me say this. I'm not wishing that upon the young man at all, not by a mile, but you do have to take into consideration that he is going out there and playing a physical game. And with Tyrod Taylor not being healthy, with them two, three weeks ago, moving Jeff Driscoll to the tight end position, and I understand it that quarterback is still his primary position, but that it's just another indication that the Houston Texans in 2021 is a joke of a franchise because it's a possibility that 
They moved Jeff Driscoll to tight end. Now there's a possibility that they're going to have to put him back in the quarterback room because they don't have no other answer. You damn sure know Deshaun Watson isn't going to suit up and be a backup to Davis Mills. That will be the worst thing of all moving forward, regardless of how you look at this situation. And I, I guess the obvious answer, and I, and I will definitely know later on today because I do plan on asking uh, David Cully, what's the backup plan at quarterback if something happens to Davis Mills moving forward? But I, I guess the obvious answer as of right now that they're going to have to explore the market and sign somebody to their practice squad and just quickly ele- elevate them ahead of Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. Because look, once again, Jeff Driscoll is kind of the obvious answer as well. But over the last, what, three weeks now, he has been practicing and studying the tight end position. So once again, it's stupid that this team has put themselves in a position where you're thinking to yourself, what the hell is the backup plan if something happens to Davis Mills? Yeah, and God forbid anything happens to that young man. I want him to finish this year out strong. You and me both. I think that it's fair to him, considering the circumstance that he's been in, to get a real shot. I don't think Tyrod Taylor will be looking over his shoulder again. I'm, I don't believe that he will play for the rest of the year. And in this five games, I'm hoping Houston takes the approach of we have to live with the outcome, so let's open up and let's give him as much as possible and let's see how fast he can digest these things. It's not like Houston is in a playoff race. It's not like Houston is in a race to number seven. They are right now looking to get a top two pick in the NFL. They ain't a race for number one. In the race for number one, right? Um, the run for one is what I, I would probably would call it. But uh, he needs to have everything thrown at him, and that's fine. But if it does not work out, not because he's thinking of the joint, as you put it, Cody. I don't think that if he is having issues with commanding of the office, keep him out there for one. But Houston's backup plan mid-game because of the mismanagement because of the decisions made by the coaching staff or whoever is making the decisions. And I know you guys know what I'm alluding to. You have had Jeff Driscoll practicing as a tight end for the past three games. Uh, And who who knows how long he's been practicing or preparing to play that position. Hmm. Right. And overall he is in the position where if things do happen to go sideways, if they, if, if, for for Davis Mills, excuse me, if unfortunate things happen and he goes down, then as we said early in the year, at any point during this season, if Jeff Driscoll starts any football games for the Houston Texans or plays at quarterback for Houston, then you really know how bad this franchise is. And right now this franchise is really bad. <laughs> they are horrendous. But you know, one thing I want to see out of Davis Mills, I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast where I wanted to see him score more touchdowns. And I also mentioned that I wanted to see him use his athleticism. I do want him to establish a relationship with a receiver. And I would prefer that to be Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks is a receiver. He's a veteran guy who has played with the likes of the greatest uh, Tom Brady, uh, Drew, Drew Brees, right? He's played with great quarterbacks. And so he can play for the Texans. 
he can play for the Saints, he can play for Miami, he can play for Atlanta, he can play for the Giants, he can play for he can play for any team, and he's still going to be effective. He knows how to play football in the league, right? For Nico Collins, I don't think he's had an opportunity to grow with any other quarterbacks, whether that had been due to him being out to injury or just lack of targets. So I would like to see kind of a force feeding to Nico Collins as much as possible if it makes sense from Davis Mims. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than the candy bar, Bill Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in 100% chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugars, net carbs, fats, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you will have a hard time choosing. Will you choose raspberry, mint brownie, chocolate, cherry, or cookies and cream, or peanut butter? You got to taste a pick of the litter here with Bill Bar, and all of the flavors taste amazing. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. And continue here with this Wednesday installment of Locked on Texans. Of course, we haven't talked about this guy in the last couple of weeks, and that is Deshaun Watson. Now, John and I wanted to take a look at whether or not Deshaun made the right decision about not playing for the Texans for the 2021 season. And if, John, if you don't mind, if we if I could just jump right into it, I do not think Deshaun made the right decision by deciding to sit out this year and i understand that a lot of his frustrations with this organization had a lot to do with the broken relationships had a lot to do with the broken trust within management and himself but you cannot take away the fact that another half of his frustrations with the houston texans were given how bad they were last year with the 4 and 12 season and of, of course in addition to all that, this guy had an MVP caliber year last year, led the league in passing, was by far a top five quarterback last year, established himself with that title. But John, when I take a look at, when I go back and take a look at the 2020 season, and when I go back and I take a look at those 12 games, I say to myself, if you give Deshaun Watson this defense, that 4-12 and season would not happen. As a matter of fact, when you go back and you take a look at those 12 games that the Texans lost last year, eight of those games came by the way of one-score losses. In 2021, if Deshaun Watson has this defense, a defense which, what is the extended record now? I think, what they have, what, 12 takeaways over the last four games? Give Deshaun Watson this defense. Give Deshaun Watson this version of a healthy offensive line with Justin Britt as your center, with Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard taking care of your blind side. And I can also make the argument that his receiving core with a young and up-and-coming Nico Collins is better than what he was working with last year when your your second wide receiver was a banged-up Will Fuller or, at times, an Asian Randall Cobb. Give Deshaun Watson this roster, especially this defense, and there is no way in hell this organization will be sitting at 2-10 and 10 right now. Because what's funny, what's funny, last year there was 4-12 and 12 given an historical bad defense. Now they're sitting at 2-10 and 10 with a god-awful offense. I, I don't think he made the right decisions just based off of that alone. 
Yeah, I think the Texans can't win for losing, but I will say that Brandon Cooks was interchangeable out at number one and number two last year with Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. And um, then you would add Randall Cobb. I'm not 100% sure if he's a third option or fourth for Houston. I don't really think Houston had a, you know, a third option, maybe David Johnson out of the backfield or, you know, who else. But, you know, number one and number two last year was Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks until Will Fuller got suspended. Then it became Brandon Cooks where he recorded one of his many 1,000-yard seasons in the NFL. I disagree, though. And I'm looking at this not from the on-field aspect. And I do want to say this. In regards to Deshaun Watson quitting, I think the way he went about it, you can classify that as quitting. This is in regards to how the fans feel, how some people that I speak with behind the scenes, whether or not he quit or not quit. I think when you look at the year that he had in Houston, where you're right, there was a MVP caliber caliber conversation there of his play. I look at how things had transpired in the offseason before we got to the point where he can't play, because right now, I think the moment if he would ever say, I want to play football, he's not going to be able to play. But right now, I don't think he can play because of the the you know the legal situation that he has going on. Before that happened, he said, I'm not playing. And they tried to get him to play. They tried to get him to come back. Once again, he said, I'm not going to play for you guys. And they tried again, and he did not want to play for Houston. So I think he quit. Now, if I'm Deshaun Watson, did I make the right decision? Or if I'm the outside looking in, which I am, do I think Deshaun made the right decision, Cody? I think he did make the right decision. There's an article that came out that reminds me of how bad this franchise was. Every time that I read it and while I was looking this up, looking at how can I attack this point, I came across an article that allegedly Bill O'Brien was making decisions on purpose so he can get fired. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I made the right decision that my head coach who blew the lead in a pivotal playoff game in a moment where this could have defined this franchise, pissed away the game. And in response, the ownership said, hey, you know what? We got to give that guy more responsibility. It made him the general manager. And he pushed for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And he pushed for the draft uh, selections. We talked about how Jonathan Taylor could potentially have been a Texan, right? These were all the decisions that were front-lined with, I'm sorry, by Bill O'Brien's and his decision-making. And then I look at everything else. Yeah, I think I made the right decision before the background and history of why I can't play right now came out. But I don't trust a franchise that squandered away one of my best seasons ever that publicly said we like to work and partner with Deshaun Watson on the future of the franchise, but in, in private did not do that. Did the total opposite. It would have been an issue. I'm sorry, it would have been different if those words were not said. But Cal McNair, you know, kind of said, we're, we're going to listen to him. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see it through with him and see what he has to say. You go out, you hire a general manager that potentially could have, you know, faced, uh, had Houston face charges the year prior. And then you have a safe face hiring with David Cully 
because of the guys that you interviewed. Look at the guys that interviewed Leslie Frazier, uh, Matt Eberflus. Uh, they interview Eric Bieniemy, and I think that's another point where you can put a slap in the face of Deshaun Watson because I don't even think that was a real interview for the team. I thought that was an interview for, hey, Deshaun, look what we did. This is my speculation, not proof behind it, but that's just how I feel because of how Houston went about it. Everything put into a bowl like a big old dysfunctional gumbo. You think Deshaun Watson wants to eat that? Now, other players may want to. We've seen players drink some of the Kool-Aid on on this franchise this year, but I don't blame him for making the decision of, I don't want to play with this franchise anymore. And I don't think people should villainize him for that. Did, did Eli Manning get villainized, villainized when he was drafted and I'm not playing for you, trade me to New York? He didn't get villainized. As a matter of fact, I do remember folks kind of proud about the way it went, went down because look how the Mannings stick together and they do things as a family, whatever. Have a narrative, you want to play around with it. But, yeah, sometimes these players, man, they know what dysfunction is and they don't want to sit in it. And I look at the college level, right? We saw Brian Kelly. Uh, he's going to Notre Dame. Lincoln Riley is going to USC. Brian Kelly didn't even really bother to tell his players. And Lincoln Riley said that USC was going to be the mecca, allegedly, the mecca of college football. Then you got your players in the comments saying he just told us that last week. If coaches are able to make decisions whenever they feel like, whenever it benefits them more than it benefits others, then we got to stop villainizing players when they do it, whether that's at the collegiate level, which, by the way, I think the collegiate level is still at the professional level due to the amount of money that they bring in each year, or whether it's at the legal professional level. Coaches or owners are always able to do what they want to do whenever they feel like it's in the best needs for them. You ever see a GM with his job on the line? He does whatever he got it takes to win games and prove otherwise. So why players can't? They should and, have that right. And, John, to all of those points that you just made is part of the reason why I do not believe Deshaun Watson quit on his team, plain and simple. I hate that narrative because it's not like, let's say, for example, the Texans went 4-12, and 12, then he decides to throw up his hands and say, trade me. No, it's the fact he that – He go through the process. It's the fact that he was lied to. It's the fact that he was part of a team that was, uh, what was it, 24 nothing against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the fact that you just read an article by saying that his head coach and his former general manager was making dumb moves on purpose to get himself fired. It's because of all the dysfunction. It's because of all the Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby. At the end of the day, regardless of how you want to look at this, Deshaun Watson is human like you, like you and me, like the listeners, like the viewers. We are all human. And we and we all have been in a situation on the corporate level where things with the job wasn't going good and we are trying to look for a way out. And we start applying because we're trying to put ourselves in a better situation. We've all been in that. And that is what Deshaun Watson was doing. That's why I hate this narrative that he quit on the Texans because he is not the reason the Texans are sitting at 2 and 10 today. That is due to the stupidity of this organization and the management that got their behinds in this situation today. But on the flip side of things, when I when I do take a look at the Deshaun Watson situation, winning does heal some of the wounds that was created. And when I take a look at this team, especially the defense, knowing that that is a big part, or if not the main reason why they went 4-12, and 12, that is when I say, okay, he did not make the right decision because – you add him to this defensive team, 
they will be scratching the surface of a playoff team right now. Um, I, I think they will. Yes, because once again, incredible. out of the 12 games that they lost, eight, eight was one score losses. They couldn't even get a stop. This yeah, defense could have got that stop. And I, and I look at that and I ask myself, is Deshaun Watson a factor in the benching of Lonnie Johnson or the suspension of Justin Reed or the suspensions, plural, of Zach Cunningham? Is, is he is he the fixer of, you know, bad decisions by your head coach or the general manager? Like, And that's where, in fairness, quitting is quitting. Right? I mean, whether or not he quit on them because they quit on him or however you want to put it, or he quit on the Texans because the Texans quit on themselves. I think that's the best way to put it. You guys put yourself in this position, so why should I stick around? I quit on you because you quit on you, and I think that's fair. But whether or not we want to justify it, quitting is quitting, and I do think that he quit on the Houston Texans this year. But does the Sun Watson fix some of the mood? Does the Sun Watson fix um, Titus Howard going to left guard? Does he but, that, fix but, that, that? but that's I, the I, thing. It's not Does that he, he fixed, fixed an it. aging running back group with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Rex Burkhead. Well, he damn sure doesn't fit that. But all the stupid stuff that we have seen this organization do this season, if he was here, they probably would not be doing that because now they will have a competitive team that they can go out there and actually put themselves in a position to win games. A lot of this foolishness that they're doing, moving Lonnie Johnson from corner to safety back to corner, moving Titus Howell from left guard to left tackle, probably next week he'll probably be the quarterback because we don't even know who the hell is going to be the backup quarterback if Davis Mills get hurt. You know, it's because because they know they're not going to win many games. And like I say, this is the prelude of the rebuild. So let's just experiment with a lot of these players and see whether or not if we can use them in different roles and in hopes of having them excel in a different position. If Deshaun Watson is here, like I mentioned, they will be scratching the surface of a playoff team, which means a lot of the foolishness that we are seeing will not be taking place. Well, you know, we could agree or disagree, and I think it was a good conversation to have of whether or not Deshaun deserves some of the, you know, the, the blame he's getting or did he make the right decision. One of the decisions that was made that I think Deshaun, in, in fairness to him, was getting a credible head coach, and mm. they did not do that. So those are the things where I look around the league, I don't think Andy – no, I'm sorry. I don't think a, a Patrick Mahomes would have those issues. I don't think some of these quarterbacks that are their franchise will have those issues. I do want to talk about the Miami Dolphins and that quarterback situation. Since this is the quarterback show for the Houston Texans, they are on the six-game winning streak, and they look a whole lot better. Uh, Tua is playing a whole lot better, so I want to talk about how that may play out and affect next year's offseason and decisions for Houston but first, Bet Online has you covered all season. More odds, more props, more lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of sports action this season. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Crossover Thursday this week as we talk to the Locked On Seahawks. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and it's available on all platforms. Cody, before we talk about the Miami Dolphins and how that will resonate with the Houston Texans or correlate to what they want to do next offseason, I definitely want to give you guys an update with Deshaun Watson and his trial that's going on, especially since we just discussed whether or not he made the right decision. Prosecutors are likely presenting Deshaun Watson's case to a grand jury in January. Prosecutors have met with two women so far and asked whether those women should be, I'm sorry, would be willing to answer questions from grand jurors if it is requested. One of Watson's accusers has allegedly told, has allegedly, I'm sorry, one of Watson's accusers was allegedly told by prosecutors that they will be bringing the case to a grand jury in Houston, possibly in December, but more likely in January. Rusty Harden, Deshaun Watson's attorney, said ordinarily Watson would get a chance to testify before a grand jury, but he hasn't got a suggestion from a prosecutor yet. And those kind of things are up to them and the grand jury. Lastly, I want to let you guys know that if a grand jury decides to indict Watson in January, it means he would almost definitely be placed by the NFL on the commissioner's exempt list until the matter is resolved. That will do a lot of potential damage to what Houston could do in a trade next offseason. The commissioner's list, of course, grants pay leaves, leaves to players. So if Houston is not able to trade him, unfortunately, that $39 million that kicks in next offseason can still have to pay. And that was why a lot of you guys, and, and you know, I used to flip-flop on it, whether or not they should keep him to the offseason. But I definitely believe that before we got to this this upcoming offseason, Houston should have struck strike the trade with a team this past offseason. That way they don't even have to worry about whether or not he's going to be tradable or not. However, the Miami Dolphins are on a five-game win, uh, win streak. Excuse me, I said six and four. Five-game win streak. They've been playing great defense. Tua Tagovailoa, who has looked healthier, has played better. He's looked more so of a game manager but he has made some very big-time throws in Miami, and that's given the lack of receivers or weapons that he has out there. Has the success of Miami, Cody, and, and viewers, I want you guys to join in on this, of course, but has the success of Houston, I'm sorry, of, of Miami in the last five games, will that deter what Houston could possibly do next offseason if they're able to trade Deshaun Watson? I think so, most definitely. Because when you go back, what what is it now? Like a month ago, during the trade deadline, Miami did not pull uh, the trigger on a Deshaun Watson trade because they did not know what this case is going to do. And, John, given the information that you just gave, everything that Miami was kind of like afraid of in terms of acquiring Deshaun Watson, not knowing when they are going to be able to unveil their new franchise quarterback, from what you just told us, it's going to be the same thing in 2022 as well. Plus, you got also got to take into consideration that Tua is playing, has played 
a hell of a great five games in a row. As a matter of fact, over the last five games, this is a man who has has thrown for 905 yards, five touchdowns, and this is the big one, one interception. And we know earlier in the season, dating all the way back to his rookie season, that taking care of the ball was something that kind of hindered Tua on whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback in this league. And by the way, I do want to add this as well. Over the last five games, Tua has also completed 70% of his passes. So if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of for the second year in a row, Tua and our team has not been healthy for majority of the season. But when they are healthy, just like last season and just like these last five games now, we could be arguably one of the top teams in the league. We know that guy in Houston is a hell of a lot better than Tua right now. But going into the 2022 season, is if everyone is healthy, I like our chances versus trading a, a guy who is, show, is showcasing that he can at least be a reliable and quality starting quarterback in this league trading him and getting a guy that hell if we trade for him in March we not we might not have an opportunity to play him until the 2023 season regardless of how long these trials take plus you also got to still keep in mind these is just stories and that we know right now once they indict Deshaun and in th this situation starts to be a little bit more I hate to use this term but a little bit more demonic than what we all know on the surface now you're looking at a possibility that, you know, jail time might be involved. So right. I, I'm looking at this from a standpoint, given his legal situation, given Tua is started to play like a real reliable starting quarterback in this league, plus the recent success of Miami. And by the way, they have a realistic opportunity to make the playoffs. Deshaun, if he wants to continue his career, the best thing for him this offseason is just to open up his 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 no trade clause to more destinations outside of Miami to give the Houston Texans more teams to 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 do business with and I, I, you know I I kind of hate this for Deshaun at the end of the day but he got himself in this situation and it doesn't matter if he doesn't want to be a part of the Texans or if it do, or, or if he just wants to be in Miami at the end of the day he has to has to come to terms with whatever mistakes that he made, whether he's guilty or innocent, he put himself in this situation. And it's going to cost him where he really wants to be. Because, John, I've been saying this ever since mid-March. Had Deshaun Watson not got himself in this situation, he will already be in Miami. And you and I will be sitting here talking about the plenty of first and second round draft picks the Houston Texans have instead of talking about whether or not the Texans are going to be in a situation to pay him 30 plus million just to go to court in 2022. It's he he's going to have to open up his 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 destination list outside of Miami at this point. Thank you guys for checking out another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. On this home day edition, again, I am John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page as well. Like, comment, tell your friends about it. Tell your grandma, who's a longtime Texan fan, after the Oilers left the city, she was pissed and she had to find another team to root for. And she's probably not happy with the franchise right now. She ain't telling nobody at church who her favorite team is at Bible study. I can tell you that much.
<laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-B-I-S underscore 24. And John, to your point, I'm pretty sure their grandma isn't telling nobody who their favorite team is. But however, at Bible study at church, they already know who her favorite team is. Because a couple weeks years ago, seems like the Houston Texans was on the up and up. And I know grandma oh, was talking noise at church. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what probably happened. She probably stopped praying for him mid-game. She stopped, she started, she thought start believing it was gonna happen. She stopped praying, but she's been praying for him ever since so they can get that team right. Until we can holler at you guys tomorrow. Great opportunity talking to you. We'll see you. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.